Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Exalt. Exalt are a brand that provide juices and shakes from all raw, fresh and natural ingredients, and they're designed by nutritional experts. They're a brand that actually reached out to me a couple of months ago. The first thing I did was Google what they're about and their mission, etc. And the first, the first line of their mission statement read, food fuels our physical, mental and emotional well-being. And straight away, I kind of knew that they're a brand that very much aligns with what we're about at Eat Look Feel. They have a strong focus on sustainability, the mission, the values, the people. They're just a genuinely very, very impressive brand. Throughout my coaching, I talk a lot about creating convenience and enjoyment through your nutrition to create sustainability. And I think what Exalt are doing is exactly that. They provide ready-to-drink shakes that are super convenient and full of good nutrition. So if you do see Exalt about, give them a go. I can genuinely recommend them, both the products and the brand. Welcome to the Eat Look Feel podcast. This podcast is here to delve into inspirational and aspirational guests' personal health, digging a little bit deeper into how they approach their nutrition, their training, and their mindset, all with the idea to create better for themselves. Please subscribe and please do share with anyone who you think might find this valuable. As usual, create better always, the Eat Look Feel team. This week's episode is with David Templer. About six years ago, David left his job in finance to move into the health and fitness space and most recently has been head trainer at F45. He's grown a huge online platform based around his ethos of litness, which is the balance between lifestyle and fitness. He's genuinely one of the most real people I've ever come across on social media. And to be honest, I think that's why he has grown the platform that he has today. We sat down and spoke about all things health, mindset, the good and bad of social media, and some of the tougher times that he's been through recently. I think if you're feeling like you might be pursuing a career that's not quite for you, this episode will be very valuable. So without further ado, this is David Templer. Temps, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are we? Yeah, very well, mate. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this one. So I think a good, a good place to start uh, is a question that we ask all guests, and that is, how do you define your health? So what's, what does healthy look like to you, and what does healthy mean to you? Good question, straight off the bat. So I think health for me, so this is, we'll probably allude to this later, but I've gone from a place where I've been super restrictive in my diet and lifestyle, and I've also gone other end of the spectrum one end of it, your body's super healthy, it's working well, your mental health's probably not as good. The other end of it, your mental health's completely fucked and your body's working, whatever way it is. So I just think I always position myself as the realistic lifestyle person, not healthiest. But I'd say when you've got a good balance between good mental health, so you've got the social side of things, but also you're training well, you're moving well, you're eating well, for me, that's when you're fully healthy, when you're perfectly balanced. Understood. So almost ticking the boxes between your physical health your mental health your social health i guess financial health that comes into it spiritual health 
Yeah, and it, it probably sounds cliche because everyone always goes on about balance, but I genuinely think that is the way forward. You need to have a little bit of everything. It's no, uh, it's not worth just investing all your time into one thing um, because it's detrimental to other bits. So it's about playing puppet on a string and trying to get that all fully balanced. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's, um, I think it's spot on. I think it, I think it looks probably slightly different to everybody, and everybody's priorities are slightly different. But overall, I think, I think you're right. I think healthy is a complete balance of of a bit of everything. So let's go right back. Tell us a bit about yourself and, and then sort of how the journey began into the safe fitness and creator space that you're in now. Yeah, so I mean, going right the way back, I did gymnastics since I was like four years old. So, I mean, for me, I've always done like full-time sport. When I was a kid, it was literally training six, seven times a week. I'd go to school, come back, go to gymnastics. And that was my routine. Like, And it's funny because I'll speak to my mates now and they know loads about music or films and stuff. But my life literally was gymnastics for like a solid 11 years. I did that all the way up to 15. Um, And then I started playing football. I played a pretty decent level of football. And I'm just just athletic. I love doing things. I love being active and things like that. But then I went down the route of what I thought I should do. So went to college, went to university, got a degree, got a graduate program. Like when you look back at it, it's a lot of people would think that was the perfect life. But I just felt like I was never on my terms. Um, and I ho- always had this itch that I needed to scratch within the fitness industry. So all the time that I was learning, doing the corporate stuff, I was loving it. Um, and also while I was doing it, I was saving up to go traveling. So while I was learning, I was earning, and I knew that there was an end goal at the end of it. I was like, this is perfect. But then roll on to what, when I was 26, 27, I got back from traveling, sat at my desk and I was thinking, this can't, this can't be it. Like then there needs to be something more than this. Um, and that's when I decided I wanted to go into the fitness industry. So I took a year out of, to go traveling. And during that time, I started documenting uh, my workouts. So I'm not the type of person who can just go traveling for a year and not have anything, nothing to work towards. So I made it my goal to do a workout every single day. Obviously, I was in these most amazing locations. So I started a hashtag called 365 Days of Hit. So I did a hit workout every day. Following started to grow. It wasn't anything massive. I think I came back with about six or 7,000 uh, followers, but it was an engaged audience who'd seen me go through all of that. But at the same time, I was talking about this transition from the corporate world and having a business role into wanting to do my own thing. So I think early on, I had people invested in what I was doing. Um, I was able to show that you can stay in shape whilst having a, a good lifestyle. Um, and that actually led on to my litmus program, which is what I built off the back of that. So I just spoke earlier about times when I've been sort of restrictive with my diet and lifestyle and I've been in great shape physically, but it's to the detriment of having those social interactions. So you kind of lose it from the mental health side of things. When I was traveling, I had the best social life in the world, but I was drinking so much um, and I didn't feel great, but I did look okay because I was offsetting it with exercise. So a lot of people say you can't out train a bad diet. I did my best at doing that. But then when I came (laughs) back, I was like, right, there must be a balance in between not only where you feel good and look good. Um, and yeah, I mean, then I came back, worked in the corporate world again for about 18 months. Meanwhile, I was setting up this online business. Um, and then when it got to the point where the online business was a little bit more than a side hustle and I could survive, I, te- I took the leap and quit the corporate world and went fully invested into the, into the fitness side of things. So little whistle stop tour and it's been lots of ups and downs, but that's sort of like a brief background of it. I think there's a lot to take from that. But the, the thing that hits me the hardest is you've obviously made some pretty big calls in your life, right? You've made some pretty big decisions. Do you have a decision-making process? Because obviously the jump from leaving the comfort, right? I presume, you know, you had a salary, you had a pretty comfortable life. 
and then at a young age to then make that jump into the unknown essentially like you say it wasn't it was a side hustle that was now giving you enough money to sort of take it to the next level do you have a sort of decision making process or or a way in which you sort of approach those decisions or did you kind of were you were you almost young enough to just throw yourself in well the hardest thing is that i i've, I've come from a background of nothing i've all everything i've done i've had to work for myself I don't really have I've always got a roof over my head which is brilliant I can always go back home so that's that sorted but money wise and financing myself I can't really rely on other people um ultimately I think it comes down to happiness and when you take a step back I'm like right am I happy doing what I'm doing now if it's a no then you need to do something about it and like I don't mean to put this in the wrong way biggest pet peeves of people is when they say oh I wish I could do this and when you actually break it down into what's stopping you there's not a lot apart from your own limiting beliefs that, that are stopping you. So I am I am quite impulsive, but there is also method behind the madness. So as I say, I, I, am I happy? If it's a no, then you need to do something about it. But I, I do genuinely believe that there are times in your life that are going to be harder than other times. And sometimes it's just about putting up with it. Now, when I actually made the decision to set up this online business, I was going to work. I was training 6 till 7.30 in the morning, working 8 till 5, coming home, having dinner. And then I'd work from 6, 6.30 all the way through to 11. And I did that for about 12 to 14 months. And that was a blow. Like, I didn't like that process of it, but I knew that I had to go through a period of putting that hard work in until I could realise my goals and do the things that I wanted to do. So the decision-making process is, do I have just enough money to do it? How can I make ends meet? Um, but also, I think you just got to think bigger picture and, sort of manifesting where you want to be and almost believing that you can do it. And I don't know, maybe a bit of it is winging it, but also I just think you make your own luck and sometimes you do just have to make that leap and good things will come off. So hold, almost holding your happiness and your fulfilment over, over your monetary income, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, an interesting decision model that I heard about, and it, to be honest, it's something that I've always struggled with myself, is... I heard it recently and I think it was Obama was doing a speech about basically the decision-making process when the whole Bin Laden thing was happening and when they went to sort of kill Bin Laden. And he said the way they obviously, you know, you're never, you're never ever in, in your life going to get to 100% sure on a decision. So you need to just have enough evidence to get to 51%. And when you get to 51%, go with it and don't look back. And it hit me really hard because I think during, especially the earliest stage of my life, it's definitely something that I've had to work on. My early 20s, I was looking for, you know, getting between 80, 90% on a decision. And then actually that, that can lead to regret because you're like, oh, I should have done that sooner. Mate, I'm, this is the weirdest thing ever. You probably may see me making funny face in the background. <laughs> I was speaking to somebody yesterday and I, I'm going to send you the voice note that I sent her. And I, I said that exact quote. And I thought one of my friends told it to me. And then when I said it back to him, he was like, mate, what are you on about? I've never said that in my life. And I was looking through the internet for this Obama quote and I couldn't find it anywhere. And now you've just said it back to me. I'm like, I wasn't going mental. I, I love that. I'm like, 51%, as long as you're doing just enough, you can always um, figure it out as you go. I think I, I'm one of these people who likes to learn from my own mistakes. And you've probably heard me say, be the science. There's so much conflicting evidence in the fitness industry. You can't build muscle burn fat at the same time. I'm like, well, just give it a go yourself. You can, like, I'm very much like, okay, you're saying that I don't believe it. I want to do it myself. So a lot of it is throw yourself into it, get that 51% and then learn as you go. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the same train of thought. Yeah, I, th I think it's super powerful, man. And it's definitely changed my life. I think the other thing as well is that for so many decisions in our lives, when we look back, deep down, you know, so many decisions deep down, you kind of know the answer one way or the yeah. other. 
you know, but you're looking for that 80, 90% to just to make sure whether it's financially, oh, is this the right move I need to be safe or, and it's just deep down, you, we kind of always know what the right decision is in, in our gut. And I think that's kind of about 51 makes that tangible. Yeah, 100%. Well, 51%. <laughs> that's it. Another thing, obviously, that comes with the decision-making and the sort of big lifestyle changes is the change. Is that something that you enjoy and that you've always enjoyed and sort of thrived off and pushing that comfort zone? Yeah, I, I think, and this is, again, going to sound close, so cliche, but you hear people say the end goal isn't what you should be aiming for. It's the journey along the way. And I genuinely enjoy, like, problem solving and um, just the journey as you're doing it. Like, if you just had everything so easy, it'd be so boring. If you're like, right, I'm going to quit my job and become an influencer, whatever it is. Now I've got 100,000 followers, done. It's, it's the constant grinding and grafting. I absolutely love that. And I'm one of these people who's like, oh, I'm busy, but I actually like being busy. So I think dealing with the change is just another one of those challenges for me that I actually like. And when, when I actually think about it, the only thing that really scares me is the finances of stuff. And people say you don't need money, but I agree with that to some extent. You don't need loads and loads of money, but you do need enough money to be able to live the lifestyle that you want. And when you've had a certain lifestyle, be it in the corporate world or what I had before I quit my last job, you become used to that. So anything less than that, you start to have to change even more. So it's not just the change that you've got in your job, it's the change that you're having to make to your lifestyle and other things. So I think as you make these changes, the less changes, the better. But sometimes you need to make a few changes in order to go into the direction that you want to go to. So it's just about balancing or spinning those plates to get into the right direction that you're aiming for. Yeah, I completely agree. The journey is almost more beneficial and, and where you get the value than the destination. And I think that can be specific to our health as well. You know, you've been in, in great shape yourself. The journey to get to that shape and, and, you know, the routines and the habits along the way is way better than you getting to that topless selfie that you take, right? Yeah, because when you, you get take that topless selfie, you don't realise how good shape you are until it goes again and you're looking back on it. Exactly that. And it's, it's something that you can't complete, right? You're, you're always going to be a beast critic. You're always going to stand there and say, oh, well, it could have, you know, you, you say you want abs and then you get abs and you, then you look at yourself and say, oh, now I want bigger shoulders. And you'll never complete it. You'll never, ever stand there. No one will ever stand there in a mirror and go, yeah, you know what? Fitness completed it, mate. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> not a thing. Something that I coach a lot is that it's that journey, right? It's making that in journey, that journey to better enjoyable, if you like. And yeah. everything that comes included in that, in physical, in mental health, all of that, it's that journey rather than the destination. I think that's a powerful takeaway. Yeah, I think so. But I also think the fitness fitness is the stuff you can't see. Yeah, your body may look a certain way because of the way you've been treating yourself, but you can't actually see that. that that's the most important bit. Doing cardio because it's good for the insides of you. Eating well because it's good for the insides of you. Yeah, you mm -hmm. are a byproduct of what you've been doing, but that's the stuff that you should enjoy. You need to fall in love with that process of doing it. And then the way you look and the way you feel and the way you act is a byproduct of that. So yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. Completely. Yeah. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. 
I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. So moving slightly on, something that I've sort of always picked up from following your journey uh, and just from, from seeing it from the sort of externally is you have always been very open and honest on social media and Social media has, has its pros and cons, as we know, right? Like it can be an incredibly positive and good space to share stuff. It can be quite a toxic place as well. Is that something that you've always found easy to be like completely yourself on, on social media and can be completely open and honest and not just only show the good side of things? I feel like even the name Temptation, it was sort of like an alter ego at the start. And it was stuff that I wanted to share that I didn't feel comfortable enough doing as me. And obviously, when you put it online and you start to not care about what people think about you. But the, the biggest thing for me was when I made, made that Instagram account, nobody knew about it. And I can remember when the boys found out about it, I was like, fuck, I'm going to get slated here. But the more and more it's grown, the more and more the closest people around me back me. And actually, it resonates with the closest people to me. So I know it's doing stuff for the wider audience as well. And I think social media for me has enabled me to open up on a one to one level by doing it to a bigger audience. And I just think if there's one thing that I can do, like I'm not now not scared to say what I think, how I'm feeling. And I use my social media just to kind of, I always say I motivate, inspire, educate, and now entertain because I do stupid stuff as well. But if me saying how I feel one day on Instagram can help somebody else, either tell somebody close to them or go and seek help, whatever it is, then that's a massive win for me. And I just think the more everybody can talk in general the better and it kind of wasn't done on purpose it was just one of these things that i found myself fall into but now i can see the benefits of it like my dms every day like so inspiring with people saying stuff to me um i just feel like the mental side of stuff kind of outweighs the physical side of it now for me yeah i think that's so powerful mate i think you use it for exactly the right reasons it's something to be honest it's something that i've probably always struggled with getting that say personality or using using social media and obviously what what's ironic is that it ties into what i do quite tightly and i think as i've grown up and now i move towards eat look feel and starting that and, and growing that side is i feel like i have a duty if you like like a duty of care to clients to potential clients to people that follow us to promote that healthy living and you know share what my day-to-day looks like that sort of thing but I've always struggled with it. I've always I've always sort of been I think quite probably quite a private person never really liked putting too much on social media etc and it's something that I purposely tried to get better at. I think as you grow up as well and you mature your sort of views around social media you realize you know providing education providing inspiration to people and I guess where I'm going with this is is it something that always came naturally to you Again, I, I think it's something that I've just kind of evolved into. Um, I, I don't struggle with, I don't know, the, the close people around me know how direct I am. If I've got a problem, I'll say something about it. And whether that's the right or wrong thing to do, it's the right thing for me, but sometimes it's the wrong thing to do for the people around me. So I need to start being a bit more conscious about that. I just think the industry that we're in, well, both of us are in, 
good good personal trainers all have the same knowledge, right? And it's about how you interact with your audience or your one-to-one clients as to how big you build your business. So I just think everyone's got a similar sort of knowledge. So the uh, the USP is your personality. That is the personal bit of personal training. So I feel like by putting myself out there online, whether that's getting me clients or followers or whatever it is, they need to be able to trust me in order to buy into what I'm doing. And I've seen that more and more now. Like I've just put up a catfish story about somebody pretending to be someone they're not online. I've done like um, stupid dance on TikTok. People are invested in you as a person and that in itself is powerful into doing what you're doing. And not going to lie, yeah, it helps you make money. People are invested into you as a person. They want to buy into you. But also if you're trying to, if you genuinely are in the industry to try and help educate, motivate, inspire people, you need them to believe in you. So I just think being as open and honest as possible, not only does it does it do that, but also it resonates with people. And I, I've gone through so much over the last six to eight months. And I could have easily kept that to myself. I could have not posted as much on social media. People have probably seen a little dip in my um, like behavior and mood and stuff like that. But I think by being open and vocal and honest about it, I just think you never know who that's going to touch and who's going through a similar sort of thing. Like, even being single at 31 years old, there's a lot of other people out there who are like it and they start to think that they're not normal because the people around them aren't single. Just even sharing those little bits, even if it's just helping one person, I feel like just being open and vocal about it is it's the best way to be. Do you ever feel under pressure to constantly be like providing and on it or anything like that? Or if it's ever detrimental to your, to your mental health? Uh, I think this is probably circumstantial. I've actually, this is the first time I'm going to say this. So, my ex broke up me at the end of June um, and I didn't post on social media for two weeks and it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was because of one of the reasons the relationship broke up was because of what I was doing on social media and she didn't agree with my work. So I said, you need to go away on holiday, not post, have some time with your friends, da 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 I went away. I didn't post anything. Number one, I was away with content creators and part of my enjoyment is making videos and stuff. It's not to gloat or boast about what I'm doing. I was working for a company, so I had to make content. But also, I like making stupid videos. It, it brings me enjoyment. So number one, I, I didn't do it. Number two, I lost a big contract. Like, contract for a year, and they looked at my performance over the two weeks where I wasn't posting. They saw the views go down, and they, they pulled the contract. It goes to show how fickle the industry is, but also, I guess... The main thing about it is, is me staying true to myself. I should have just done the things that I want to do. And if people don't like that around me, then they're not supposed to be in your life. So it's a, it's a roundabout answer to what you've asked me. But yeah, I do feel pressure to do it. But half of those pressures are from my enjoyment of doing it. And I've built a lifestyle for myself of the things that I like doing. And I've now been lucky enough to monetize it. So I guess there's the pressure of keeping it up, but also the pressure of staying true to yourself and doing what you want to do and not try and change your behaviors to suit the people around you. Completely. And I guess when you're being completely real and yourself, it's easy. You're not, you're not, you're not having to put on an act or anything like that. You just, you are just literally documenting your day to day. You're creating content for brands that are paying you. You're, you know, speaking to clients and, and showing their journey. It's pretty seamless, right? Uh, is it? And that's the thing. If, if you don't try and pretend to be somebody else, when you're unhappy, you're unhappy. You tell people they can resonate. When you're happy, you're happy. And people can see it's the byproduct of you've been on holiday or you're working out, you've eaten well, whatever it is, the more you can be un- unapologetic yourself and authentic online, the more people can see the decisions that you're making in your lifestyle make you the person you are that day, which is why like, I don't shy away from 
video myself and I want a night out. I'm smashing beers. I wake up the next day and people are like, oh, what's up with you? I'm, I'm hungover. I went out last night. Like, do you know, do you know how it all just ties together? And it's, it's just a realistic approach to what I'm doing. Completely. So you touched on the fact that you've had a bit of a rough six months. I'm sorry to hear that. Did it ever get to the stage where you neglected your physical health? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So for whatever reason, I ended up picking up loads of shifts at work. So I was waking up at 4.30 to go and take classes, 6, 7, 8, 9.30, lunchtime, 12.30, and I'd do two sessions in the evening. For whatever reason, maybe it was me committing to too much, but also just other stuff came into it. I was fucked. Honestly, like, I've realised the importance of sleep now. Um, also, overtraining and how bad it is for you, because I was actually doing five workouts a week teaching and i had to do those like at high intensity on top of my training and then anything else that i was doing i was completely burnt out and it got to the point i was quite vocal about this on my social media and it's the reason why i quit my last job i was like i don't know how i can stand in front of the room telling people to do things and i'm not doing it myself i wasn't looking after myself i wasn't training properly i wasn't eating properly i was basically running on caffeine and sugar so my diet was shit my training was shit my sleep was shit everything was just bad about it and luckily for me i was like right well, i need to do something about this had a notice in work my two two months notice and now i'm like getting it all back but i feel like there's probably a lot of pts in the industry that aren't practicing what they preach and it is tough because you need to work um like hours when people are outside of the office um, everything's always on the go. So unless you're like prepared and you're looking after yourself properly, then it's just, it's just a downward spiral to burnout. Completely, mate. Like we say, you can't pour from an empty glass. I know it's cliche, but it's, it's, um, it's very real. Do you think you used physical health and training and exercise almost as a release? Because that's something that I think is very, very common. Yeah, I mean, that and going out at the weekend. And I feel right. like a lot of people probably don't like to admit, uh, admit it. When I'm feeling shit, I'll go and do a workout. But also, because I, I was literally working Monday to Saturday morning, and then I hadn't seen the boys or done anything all week, so then I'd be going out Saturday night, enjoying myself. I don't think it was a coping mechanism, but because you're like working so hard throughout the week, you want to go and enjoy yourself, let off a bit of steam. And then I ended up having to work Sunday, so I'll be going into work hungover on a Sunday, and then the cycle will just start again Monday. And that was the reason why I quit the corporate world, because I got stuck in that cycle and the rat race of doing whatever it was. And it just got too cyclical. And it was like one thing after another, you get into that routine of drinking, going out, feeling yeah. shit. And you're just in that constant cycle. And I, and I did that in the fitness industry, which is why I've had to make some decisions recently to, to come back to where I want to be. And how hard were those decisions to make? Because again, it's going back to that, putting yourself first and looking after yourself. Was it, were they difficult to make? The decision itself was easy because I wasn't happy. And as I said at the start of it, that, that's the number one thing for me. Am I happy doing what I'm doing? No. Um, but yeah, finances come into it massively. Like I live in a nice apartment, which was possible because I had that job. Um, I was working for another company. They pulled out of the UK market. So literally in the space of a week, I had no income. And like, yeah, that, that's just an unfortunate way, of, unfortunate time that I made a decision and other things didn't go with me. So it is, it's quite scary. It's daunting. Do you think you went so far in on the physical side of things, you were just burning the candle at both ends and then there's a trade-off? 
in terms of the amount you were training, in terms of your own training plus several classes a week, meant that you would have had to have your nutrition, your sleep, your recovery all on point. Then when you're going out at the weekends and drinking alcohol, obviously suboptimal, probably not eating well because of that. Do you think then that's just basically created a big burnout slash coping mechanism for you? And actually, whilst trying to look after your mental health by staying active and by staying busy and by staying fit, you're actually having the opposite effect. And did it have a detrimental effect on your mental health, let's say? Yeah, completely. Completely. And it's funny because you could say, right, if you just stop doing one thing in that cycle, you may have brought it back. But I think ultimately I wasn't happy in the job that I was doing which led to me doing those other things. And it was, I'm quite good at identifying the crux of where I'm unhappy and then getting rid of that and then building up. Because my, my passion's fitness. My passion's fitness. I love creating the content. I love um, teaching people how to live a lifestyle. I love all of these things. I wasn't enjoying that one part of it. So you've just got to take that out of it and sort of, re, it's more reshuffling as opposed to drastic changes. But I think the effects of that, taking that one thing out, the other thing stopping, and then I was just reliant on myself again so then that causes a bit of stress because you don't know when the next paycheck's coming you don't know when the next bit of work's coming or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and it's yeah it it was a tough time i think with anything sort of mental health related obviously it starts with identifying it and having that identification you managed to do that quite well it seems from you know you've like you say you can identify where things aren't right where things need improving do you have any tips for say turning a day around because i saw you talk about something like this quite recently i think on your social media and i I quite sort of resonated with it that you know dark days happen right everyone has problems and we all have bad days we all have bad mornings how do you sort of turn those days around is there there, are there sort of ways that you go about that yeah first of all i think the thing i need to say about mental health is i don't struggle with mental health like I, I've got people around me who have anxiety and depression, whatever it is. Whenever I'm feeling bad, it's as a result of something. So if you've got like that, the day after anxiety, whatever people call it, I can be like, I'm feeling this way because I drunk or my auntie's very sick at the moment. I'm feeling sad because of this. I can always pinpoint it back to something. So I don't see that as a mental health issue. It's reversing it and looking at your mental health. Just as you look at your physical health, if you put on a bit of weight or you need to improve your fitness, I see it as exercises to improve that. So, and that I, I feel deep, deep empathy for the people who feel those feelings without having something to pinpoint it to. And I can't even put myself into that position. So for me, I know I'm tired, I'm horrible. So an early night can sort most things out for me. Um, a good workout can often flip my mood around but sometimes you are just too tired to even get that done and you can't always again smash yourself into the ground because you're just going to burn yourself out again so it's just i think it's knowing your body well enough to be able to make those decisions but nine times out of ten for me it's um exercise an early night or just being with those emotions i've done a lot of crying over the last few months because of the situation with my auntie and that's fine it does actually make you feel better talking to people around you um but i think i think it all comes down to being aware but I do think you need to go through the periods of being restricted with your diet so you know how that makes you feel, exercising regularly so you know how that makes you feel, talking to people around you, whether that's friends, a therapist, whatever it is, so you know how that can feel. And I always remember my friend saying to me, do you get regular massages? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, how do you know how good your body can feel if you're not doing the things that are good for it? 
went through a period of getting massages and I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like a new man. So I feel like all these things, you need to just at least give them a go to then know how good you can feel. And then when you're not feeling that, that good, you can pick on those things, whether it's a bit of meditation, yoga, stretching, whatever it is to bring you back to where you need to be. Yeah, and no, I like that a lot. Almost like, a, and, and this is actually something that's come up a lot on this, on this podcast, just with the conversations that I've been having with people. It's that sort of preventative model rather than the rehabilitation. And it's that actually there's so much we can do to sort of offset those things. But I really like that idea that you sort of have around mental health. I think that's a really powerful thing and that, you know, sometimes it's it is actually situational. So it's not it's not a mental health sort of issue. My mental health isn't bad. I'm actually just dealing with something that is very, very difficult to deal with. Right. Yeah. And it swings both ways. Like there's going to be times when you're feeling happier than ever and it could be down to a girl or money or whatever it is but it's about identifying that and not getting hung up on oh this is how i'm going to feel all the time it's it's all the like the endorphins or the dopamine whatever it is you're getting from certain situations and grounding yourself back to what actually is normal because i think it's so easy to even with me like getting two million views on tiktok or something you feel fantastic but it's not normal you're not going to feel like that all the time so i just think awareness is probably the key thing about that situation yeah, definitely. Almost understanding that things are probably never quite as good as they seem. And also things are never actually as bad as they seem. And you actually live somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But I'm also a massive, massive advocate of telling yourself you're better than you are when you are feeling down. Like if you pretend you're feeling okay, and it's, it's not to like pretend to people that you're doing okay when you're actually not. I, I genuinely feel like if you make yourself laugh or watch a funny film or surround yourself with good people, even if you're feeling not too great, that in itself brings you up. So it's not like trying to mask exactly how you're feeling from people, but doing the things that you know make you feel better. Completely. Give yourself the best chance. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to what you sort of said earlier about the whole balance side of things and this whole like litness approach that you have. Tell us about that approach and how how it's something that you sort of implement day to day with your physical health. Yeah, so I mean, litness, it's, it's a bit gimmicky, but it's balancing your lifestyle with fitness. And there's obviously things that we do in our lifestyle that aren't optimal, but I feel like we can offset some of them by being generally more active, working out, whatever it is that is fitness to you, that can offset the bad things you do in your life. Like nobody's going to eat healthily 100% of the time. Like there are athletes who don't drink and they treat themselves really, really well. But my approach is sort of the realistic approach to it. And it started because I was in the corporate world and I had a lot of um, people who worked in the city come to me for advice. And I was like, look, what do you enjoy doing? And they were like, I like going out on a Thursday night having pints. And I'm like, well, build that into your lifestyle and work out what you need to do in order to enable yourself to do that. Like, I've had people come onto my plan and I'm, I'm a big numbers guy. I like talking about calories, macros. I like people knowing all the knowledge so they can work it out themselves. I've had people go through the program. They're like, right, I understand everything now. You've given me all the knowledge. I'm not willing to give this up to look like this. And they're like, I'm at peace with, maybe carrying a few extra pounds, but having that social life and going out and having a few drinks with my friends. So whatever litness is for you, I'm here to help uh, facilitate that. But it's more about just giving people the information and educating them on how they can make those changes to their diet and lifestyle. So like, give us, give us an idea of, of a day-to-day for you. Do you, pick, do you sort of periodize your nutrition and training around, say, like social events and that sort of thing? Um. To be honest, I'm, I can't remember the last time I actually tracked what I eat. I, I try and like fill my plate with 
healthy, green, voluminous food. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I'm not going to beat myself up for eating a burger or having a couple of drinks or whatever it is. But I mean, yeah, t- tonight I'm out at an event. I haven't actually really thought about it until you said it because I like it's different for you, right? Because you need to be a certain way for your job. I also feel like I need to be a certain way as a PT, whether we like it or not, people buy into the way you look as much as what you're talking about. So I am mm-hmm. a little bit conscious about that. Um, but again, it, it leads back to the social side of things. I'm not going to pretend I'm doing stuff, but I'm doing another thing. And it's about that holistic approach and being completely open and honest with it. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I've been tracking stuff. I keep saying to myself, I want to get in a bit better shape. But I'm still not doing it because I can't find that motivation. Even the best of us, the best of us lack motivation sometimes to do stuff. So again, just being open and honest with that, it makes people think, oh, how can everybody else around me be motivated to make these changes? In reality, you're not. You need to find that reason yourself. And do you have, do you think you have healthy sort of habits and routines in place that that's why you kind of don't even need to consider it? Because I mean, when, when you say you're out of shape, you're not out of shape, are you? You're in shape. It's just maybe not to the level that you once were. I think, I think it is just the knowledge. It's the education about it, isn't it? There, there are definitely things that I do. I've started doing cold showers every morning. I have a daily turmeric shot, which helps my inflammation. I'll always start my day with a healthy breakfast, whether that's oats or some eggs on toast with some vegetables, whatever it is. Like I, I set the intentions at the start of the day. Um, and then it's a hard one for me at the minute. Does that sort of change over a period of time? So will there be, say, times in, in the year where you will push the needle and double down and, and really focus in on, on more of like the physical health side of things? And I guess what I'm, where I'm going with it is that do you think a lot of this is an offset of the tough times you've been through recently? Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt that the way I'm currently looking and feeling is a result of what's been going on around me, from the breakup to my auntie being sick to... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's balancing my job as well. Like I, I was very lucky to be able to go away skiing um, the second week in January, and it was a very boozy one. But it was it was part of work, and like I feel like that slowed me down. And I know the things that I'm doing that aren't optimal to my motivation um, and just being efficient. But again, there's there's an element of just just wanting to do them anyway. But I, I try and say to people, balance your days, not your weeks, months, or years. So as long as you're trying to be like seventy percent healthy throughout the day it's a lot better than smashing it for a week and then having to take three weeks off. But again, being realistic, I just did that. I went skiing for a week, which meant that I need to be a bit more mindful about what I'm doing the weeks after. So in an ideal world, you'll balance your days. Realistically, you're probably more likely to balance your weeks, but you definitely don't want to leave it to the months and years because if you, if you neglect your health and fitness for a year, then it's, it's, it's going to be two before you, you pick it back up again, isn't it? Looking longer term, consistency mm. beats intensity, as we all know. It's funny because you can hear so many different people say it, and I, I've heard so many people like say different variations of what I'm preaching. But until you find somebody who you think's got credibility and you buy into, you you don't believe it, do you? And I think again that lends back to getting your personality across there and building that rapport with people to trust you. A hundred percent, I couldn't couldn't agree more. So one question that we always like to finish on: What is the ultimate goal with your health? What's the ultimate goal? Where does it end up? Living to 100. No, I, I honestly, I just want to move as well as I can for as long as possible. Um, keep myself free of any disease for as long as possible. But then again, like, and this is probably a bit pessimistic of me, we're going to get something at some point in our life, unless you're very, very, very lucky. So 
And again, using my auntie as an example, just because it's so relevant right now, she's got bile duct cancer, which is such a rare form of cancer. And there's very little she could have done about it. And she's looked after herself her whole life. But unfortunately, that's just come in and got her. And she's she's got like days to live now. So I think you'd be stupid to neglect your health. You need to look after your diet, your fitness, do the things that are right for you. But at the same time, this is why I believe so heavily in litness, it's don't neglect the fun times of your friends. Don't eat the donut, the cheesecake, the burger, whatever it is you want to do. There's, there's being sensible about it and doing it in moderation, but live your life. Just, you need to enjoy yourself. We're only here once. And yeah, I think I, I'm leaning more towards that again because there was a time where I was like, maybe this whole litness approach isn't the right way of doing it. But I think in moderation, if you are like truly balancing it, it's, it's, it's the way to live. All comes back to balance, right? Exactly. Temps, thank you so much for your time, mate. I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.